Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hello, TikTok Radio. We are back with our 18th or 19th episode. This is crazy. I can't believe it's already been a couple months since we've launched. This has been such a great experience, and I appreciate every single one of your messages about how this podcast has helped you grow your influence on TikTok. I know there's a lot of people out there offering advice for the app, but it's so cool to be able to put my four years of experience on TikTok and Musical.ly combined and my love for business and entrepreneurship into this podcast to help you guys have all the info in one place because I know it can be super overwhelming with a lot of different people saying a lot of different things and I'm here to tell it to you guys how it is. So today we're going to be finishing up our chat with Ren who, oh my gosh, his has grown so much even since my last episode. So she's blowing up. It's so cool to see creators who are authentic and really being themselves be successful on the app. So shout out to Ren for seriously killing it. She's doing a great job and she's sharing a really great message. Now we're also going to talk a little bit about the creator marketplace before we get into the interview. Normally at this point in the podcast, I would shout out our sponsor and have an ad for them. But right now we are looking for new sponsors because my sponsorship with Anchor just ended. So Anchor Anchor is a great platform. Our sponsorship is just done with them. So if you know any brands that would love to be advertised here on our podcast, it would help keep the lights on for me. I spend a lot of time on this podcast, so I would love for that time to be a good investment. Um, you do have an option to donate to the podcast here on Anchor, which I would super appreciate. But of course, I'm not going to sit here and ask you guys to donate like $5 a month like Patreon because honestly, I'm creating so much content that I'm not able to create even more exclusive content right now. But if you would like to be a donor, there is an option on the Anchor page or a referral for a sponsor would be great too. Right now, because the podcast is still pretty small, sponsorships are not super expensive. Honestly, though, I had this idea and I don't know if anyone would be interested in this, but what if we had like a sponsor of the month and they got like shouted out in all of the episodes and it could be like an account. So like if you wanted to drive traffic to your TikTok for whatever niche you're in or whatever, I could like hype you up on here and then I could send people over to your account and put you in the show notes. I don't know if that's a lame idea, but I thought it might be kind of fun because I know a lot of businesses don't see the value in, you know, podcast uh, advertisements. So I don't know, something to think about if you're interested, let me know. I definitely would not trade this podcast for the world. It's been such a great experience and I've met so many incredible creators just talking to you guys about your thoughts on the show. So remember, if you want to 
weigh in and let me know what you think on each episode. Be sure to be part of our TikTok squad. If you go to tiktok-squad.com, that's going to be our Facebook community where we ask questions, give feedback, hype each other up, support each other, and best of all, brainstorm and share what's working for us on the app. So make sure you guys join over there. Now, today's episode is actually sponsored by my TikTok Accelerator course. We are wrapping up this eight-week course with my beta test group, and the feedback I'm getting is pretty incredible. Not only are they learning how to utilize TikTok to the fullest of their ability and how to apply that to their brand, but I'm also getting the feedback that they're feeling so much more confident in content creation in general. So it's been really fun last eight weeks working with this small group of women and one man (laughs) to work on their brand brands and to build their confidence on TikTok. So this course is geared towards people that want to gain their first 1,000 to 10,000 followers on TikTok and monetize their brand. Mostly influencers and business owners, although for personal use, you can become an influencer. So it doesn't count you out if you don't already consider yourself one of those two things. So I would love to have you guys in. We're going to be launching round two soon and spots are very limited. So if you're interested in participating, you missed out on last round, you're ready to get in on this one. I am now accepting bookings for the next round of the TikTok accelerator beta test. This is going to be beta test number two, and then it's going to go all the way up to full price. So don't sleep on this deal. You guys, there's going to be a ton of freebies and bonuses thrown in too. All right, guys, let's talk about the creator marketplace. This is something I get asked about all the time because it seems something mystical and, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with what it is. So the creator marketplace started out as a way for TikTok to connect top creators with brands that were interested in working with them. Now, it has been, I mean, maybe a year since this feature rolled out, and I still don't think it's being utilized to the best of its ability. So for example, when a brand comes to TikTok and says, hey, we want to do a campaign, maybe it's similar to some of the brand deals that you see on the trending page or on the discovery page where they have, you know, hashtags for like Olay and for Oreos and different brands. There was like a Popsicle one recently. So basically when TikTok has brands approach them about these brand deals, they will show them the creator marketplace, which basically is a catalog of top creators on the app and their demographics and their engagement rates and their niche and all that jazz. So it tells them exactly, you know, who they need to be targeting and who that person's going to target when they work with them. So then through TikTok, it actually sends you a notification when you're part of this marketplace and you see a notification that says, hey, um, you just got a message from blah, 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 whatever brand. And then you go to the creator marketplace. It uh, is in app. So it's built into the TikTok app once you're in the program and you have the opportunity to accept or decline the invitation and give that brand your contact information. Now, I did just recently get a survey about this system, so I'm not sure if they're going to leave it as is or if it's going to be improved. I will say the brands I've worked with that have approached me through have not been super mm, consistent. A lot of them have ghosted me. So I think what happens is they end up sending out a lot of messages and they only work with a few creators from that kind of interest survey, if you will. So also one thing I've noticed is that brands tend to go outside of TikTok to negotiate. So 
They don't actually require you to go through TikTok, which I'm assuming is how they would pay TikTok. And it would probably cost them more to work with someone through the creator marketplace than it would outside of the creator marketplace. But I think the added bonus of working with someone through the creator marketplace is the ability to promote that video on TikTok. So either through like a sponsored ad in feed or maybe one of the videos at the beginning of the app or anything like that or when you see something at the top of the hashtag. So there's pros and cons to each. I'm not even sure on the pricing or how that works. I think creators set the pricing, but I'm sure there's some kind of cut in it for TikTok. I would assume so. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how this program changes. So the creator marketplace is one thing a lot of my clients have been curious about because they want to know, you know, how do I get paid to post on TikTok? And before I go into all this, it's super important to realize that you don't have to be in the creator marketplace to do brand deals. And brands are now looking at micro-influencers on TikTok in the same way that Instagram, we see on Instagram. So a lot of times people now are wanting to work with these smaller creators because they're creating decent content and they're more interested in the content than they are in the following. I've talked about this before. But regardless of if you have a huge following or not, you should be getting paid for the content you're creating. I talked to one of my friends the other day about he had a brand approach him and he wasn't sure, you know, how much he should be charging. And I said, it's important to remember, you know, if the brand is going to be using your content on their channel, then you should be getting paid more than if you were just going to be posting it. If you have a small following and they only want you to post it and they don't plan on using it on any of their channels, that's going to be less income for you. But if they want the rights to be able to post it and advertise with it, then you should be charging them more. It's a little bit confusing at first, but you always want to value your time. Your time is valuable. Your time spent creating content is valuable. So do not just do videos for free. I know it's so tempting when you want free stuff. Unless that free thing is worth hundreds or thousands of dollars, I would not go for it. Make sure you're getting paid for the content you're creating. Because if you want to be a full-time content creator, you're not going to be able to pay your bills with free leggings and free bath bombs and all the other free crap I get emails about every day. I'm not going to pimp myself out posting about stuff just to get it for free. And I think that's one thing we see happen a lot is these people who are just posting, posting, posting all these brand deals. Most of them, some of them, they're probably not getting paid for at all. It's probably affiliate based and they just wanted the free thing. Also, when a brand sends you a gift, you do not have to post about it unless you have a negotiated contract. I get a lot of brands that say, oh, we want you to try out blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to post about it unless I actually like it. It's so important to protect the integrity of your brand. So with that being said, there are new guidelines for becoming part of the TikTok creator marketplace. So you can actually now apply much like you can apply for monetization with YouTube. So one of the main requirements is that you have to have over 100,000 followers. And with this podcast, hopefully we can get you there. Several of my clients are approaching that line, which is so exciting to see. Now, you also have to have posted three videos in the last 28 days, which shouldn't be hard. You should be posting hopefully every day if you can. You also have to have at least 100,000 video likes in the last 28 days. So if you're posting regularly, that shouldn't be an issue for you either. You have to be over 18. So sorry, if you're under 18, you cannot be part of the creator marketplace. But I have a feeling there are probably some exceptions made for creators like Charlie and these really big accounts that are under 18. I'm sure they have guardian permission to be part of the marketplace. Just like they probably have to have guardian permission to be on TikTok 
talk at all. I'm not sure about the rules. Once all the COPA stuff started going down, you know, a lot of things changed for the app. It's fairly easy to access the area where you can apply for this. You have to have a pro account already, which if you're in our TikTok squad group, I have the video showing you how to upgrade to a pro account, which is totally free. And now there's a tab that says pro account. So when you go to pro account, you'll be able to click on that and then it'll say create a marketplace. And there's where you can update your profile or you can apply to be part of the marketplace. So Go ahead, check that out. I will put a a video in our TikTok squad about that and how to do it. It's really easy. It's a great resource. But remember, you do not have to be in the TikTok squad or not. You do have to be in the TikTok squad. You don't have to be in the creator marketplace to get brand deals. So don't feel like you can't make money on TikTok if you have less than 100K and you don't meet these requirements. It's just important to stay consistent to get there. Once you do get there, it is a resource for you to connect with more brands. It's been really cool. I think also it gives brands a way to look for you where your demographic is and where you are from. Like we've gotten some local Texas deals from it. So it's been cool to see how different brands are utilizing it because it's really a great tool to be able to look at these creators. There's really nothing like it out there. There's not a good platform yet where brands can search creators like a database. Um, That's really the big part of it is that it's a database of creators. And I'm sure brands either have to pay for access or they have to give TikTok a cut of it. I'm not entirely sure. I just became aware of this new change recently, so I'm still learning about it and I will update you guys as we go. All right, guys, thanks for listening to today's TikTok tip. Now we're going to jump into our interview. Now, you heard me last week for part one of my interview with Ren. Cliff Notes, she's awesome. She does really great educational content. She's a teacher in her, you know, real life. So online, she does really educational, informative content that's music inspired because she is a music teacher. So it's been really interesting talking to her and watching her journey because she had less than 20K followers when I first found her. Now she's well over 250K. It's been really cool to watch her growth. Ren is such a great example of how being yourself online is a brand. And it's been really just interesting because she has such a different approach to social media than a lot of people that are going out there with the goal of being a creator. It just kind of happened organically for her, which is why she's such a fabulous guest for this podcast, because that organic growth is something that those of us who are influencers and business owners want to figure out how to emulate. So without further ado, here's part two of my interview with Ren. Be sure to check out last week's episode so you won't be confused when you hear the second part of this interview. One thing I will say though about celebrities, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember when celebrities were first getting onto TikTok and and musically and people were like, stop, like please leave. Um, One thing I do enjoy is when celebrities are engaging with their uh, viewers because I think you know you see the people that aren't following anyone and then they never reply to comments they never like do duets they never do reactions so I love more than anything seeing celebrities that I like that are like actually engaging with users yeah I do I do enjoy that like and when a celebrity is using social media and they're actually using it like a real person who's like doing stuff and not just oh I'm you know Beyonce and I have an Instagram but I post the magazine shoot now and then but I never talk to anybody I don't like that <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't feel like them. Yeah, exactly. Like, it feels like their corporate team representing, which it probably is. Yeah, exactly. It is. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't feel, you know, 
real because I mean I can respect it but it does I respect that it's marketing but it doesn't feel like I'm hanging out with this person it's more like yeah my corporate marketing team said this would be a good idea yeah and that's why I mean that's why we like TikTok because it feels like you're hanging out I already said at the beginning of this interview I feel creepy because I feel like I already know Ren because I watch all her TikToks yeah exactly what advice would you give to someone who wants to be doing what you're doing on TikTok right now I would, my best advice would probably just be keep at it. Like just make the stuff that you want to make. Um, and, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't overthink it. Don't feel like you need to have super processed, super perfect content all the time. Um, if you just want to talk about something or find something that you're really interested in that you want to share with people, then just do it. And you'd be surprised how much like earnestness, um, and honesty will take you. Like for me, I've been, you know, very honest about it. Cause like I said, I, I did have something of a limited presence on like, um, Tumblr, you know, Tumblr famous is like the least cool famous you can be as far as many goes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I was, and, and, and it was for, initially it was for running a really like politically conservative blog. Um, and I don't hold a lot of those ideas anymore. I really don't. Wait, that's um, so interesting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not have ever expected you to say that. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't. Again, I've always, I always, I feel like I need to be really honest about it now because the more TikTok famous I get, I'm like, I'm going to get canceled because they're going to see what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So like, I'll put it out there right now. Look, if you ever like did a deep dive on me, you might find that I had a blog and you might be real mad at some of the stuff I said, but I honestly don't hold to a lot of it anymore. <laughs> no, I think that's so cool though, because I think, man, I hate politics I think because it's so polarizing for people like I'm super moderate human and it it's hard for me to identify fully with any party just because of all the hate we see spewed on both sides so I love that you know you're honest about like hey like I used to feel this one way and now I feel another way or you know I think people are scared to like admit that their political views are changing or have changed so like that's so cool for you to talk about actually yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, I mean, that that's, um, and I completely agree with you. Like, I'm more moderate now, too. Like, my whole thing is, like, why don't we all just focus on reducing the oppressiveness of the government, and then we can all have our own little communities, however we want to run them. So if you want to be capitalist over here, socialist over here, communist over here, like, you know, just let people do what they do, as long as they're not hurting other people. But, right. um, but for me, yeah, it's, like, so polarizing, because you can't talk about certain topics without everybody kind of jumping on you or saying, oh, well, you said this problematic thing in 2010. I'm like, yeah, I was really dumb in 2010. Yeah. And that's and then I love TikTok because it's exposed me to so many things. Like even in the course of having a TikTok, I have seen things that I've been like, oh, I never thought about it that way. That's really interesting. Like I never considered that perspective. And now that I've considered it, now I realize that maybe everybody isn't. Because I used to be one of those like, oh, well, this this thing, if you're not this, then you must be one of them commies. And then the commies are going to destroy America, whatever. Like, And I have a much more nuanced view. And that's why people always say, you're so patient. Like, how are you so patient with these people that leave these ignorant comments on your stuff? And it's honestly just because I've been there in some cases. I mean, not all the time, but like sometimes I see something, I'm like, look, two, three years ago, I might have agreed with you on that. I don't anymore because I have learned empathy and I have learned how to hear another person's perspective and not necessarily always to agree with it but how to respect another person's opinion and not just assume that because they associate or identify a certain way means that they don't have anything of value to say um so I have that perspective which helps me be more patient and be more understanding because I'm like look 
if I hadn't learned how to listen to other people and entertain other ideas, I wouldn't be a person that I'm proud of. And I feel like now I, rather than assuming I know everything about this topic or that topic, I feel like I can learn. And if you've got a, a real argument or something you want to tell me about it, I can change my opinions and I can learn with new data and, and be accepting of other ideas and other people, which I think is just sort of the crux of humanity is just trying to learn to understand each other. Yes. And I feel like that's one thing, like you said, about if you don't agree with one thing someone says, that doesn't mean that they don't have anything else that you can learn from or offer. Exactly. Dang, that's really cool. I would love to, I feel like people would definitely like to hear more about like how and why your views change too. Like, I don't know. I think that's really interesting because in politics, I feel like it is so, you know, if it's not one way, it's another. So it's hard for people, I think, to figure out what their views even are because there's so much out there and so much hate on both ends of the spectrum. Um, oh, I just hope people can like find a middle ground at some point. Yeah, I mean, you were just learning to talk to each other. Like, yeah. Instead of screaming at each other, instead of listening just so you can make a counterpoint, listen to actually hear what they're saying. Like, oh, okay. And if you understand someone's perspective, you're not always going to agree with it, but you can at least hear where they're coming from as opposed to some, I think sometimes we just, we're listening, but in our minds, we're already preparing our argument because we're going to tear this person down. And I'm like, well, maybe if we just calm down and listen to each other a little bit, we might be surprised. Yeah, I love that. My ADHD brain is already always trying to respond to someone before they even finish talking. Like, yeah. I can't, I'm like, oh, I'm going to forget what I want to say. <laughs> Story of my life. Okay, so you mentioned briefly talking about, um, you know, hate and dealing with haters. What has been your experience with that? Because I know sometimes people coming from no social media presence or just a personal social media presence, then all of a sudden having this bigger platform. How have you been able to protect your mental health and, um, you know, deal with hate that we're all, you know, going to get at some point online? Yeah, uh, it's an ongoing kind of. Uh, struggle I guess I have learned I, a, I kind of talk myself down like sometimes you it's, it can be so easy to get kind of wrapped up in one bad comment like I can have a video with a hundred positive comments and there'll be one negative comment and it can like mess up my whole day I'm just like well that person you know I just it messes me up and I start thinking about it from a broader perspective like okay this is one person who didn't like it that, you know, there's all kinds of people in the world. There's no need to get too wrapped up in this one person not liking it. And also understand that some people are ignorant and some people just don't want to understand. And some people, even if they do, they just come from a different perspective. And so I kind of just focus on, do I think that I said the right thing? Or am I feel like, do I'm, am I confident where I'm coming from? In which case I can sort of accept and let go. Like I, I'm making myself learn to let go and not have to pick my battles, not have to come at everybody who disagrees with me or whatever has been an ongoing lesson, as well as just not being afraid to block people. Like, I don't yes. block if disagrees with me, but like, I would tell anybody, like, I used to feel like that obligation, no, they'll think that they won if I block them, and then, I'm, you know, I gotta prove myself right. Sometimes people aren't gonna, you know, care no matter what you do, and um, for your own sake, if they keep pestering, if they keep leaving comments and this, that, and the other, it's okay to just say, you know, I'm done. I just don't need to see you right now. I can just go ahead and block you. I have no obligation to you. And it's okay if I want to block you. I totally agree. I'm of the same um, thought because I think sometimes it feels like you're letting them win, but exactly. I've definitely had to learn over the years, like it is not worth your mental health to like, let this person keep harassing you. Exactly. So, okay. Why do you think black creators were being shadow banned? 
um, because, well, a couple of things. I think that because a lot of them started talking more about quote unquote political stuff of you know, Black Lives Matter stuff and racists started reporting them um, in larger numbers, which I think is part of it. And also because TikTok has in the past admitted that they uh, block or shadow ban people who, according to them, are more likely to be bullied, um, which in essence, in practicality, just means that they kept shadow banning like disabled people and people of, that were black because they, you know, well, people aren't going to be racist against them. So we, it makes sense for us to shadow ban them so that they can't get their content out as opposed to blocking the racist, which to me would make more sense. Right. And I think as a white person, I first heard that and I was like, no, like there's no way they're shadow banning people. And then as soon as the blackout happened on TikTok, I was like, oh shoot, like what have I been not seeing for so long? Like, I think it's so easy to sit back and take the ignorance route and be like, no, nothing's wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm like, wow, that is so apparent. How did I not know that? Yeah, it's nuts. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely glad. I hope that moving forward, that won't be the case. Yes, they claim that they're trying to do things better. We'll see. I do think we always have to keep into account that TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing I was going to mention. Yeah. That I think it's contributing to it, that there is sort of a, let's be honest, a racism there. I mean, obviously not every Chinese person is racist, but when you have some, uh, an ethnically homogenous country that doesn't really have a lot of Black people, sometimes you're going to have these kind of things oh yeah when we uh, my husband's parents live in taiwan and we were over there and i think i literally saw one black person for the entire three weeks we were there and yeah. i was like how like this is so crazy to me living in a place with so little diversity i know it's weird like i, I think that uh, the countries that remain pretty ethnically homogenous like japan and china and stuff like that it's really interesting um because that's such a foreign concept to most americans like even if you know you're even if America's majority white, most of us have at least met a person of a different race. Yeah, exactly. And it's weird. I mean, I, I mean, I was the only white person besides my father-in-law, my husband's half Korean and his mom's Korean. So, you know, when we were out running errands and it's my mother-in-law, my husband who are Asian and then me white, people were just like staring at me. Like <laughs> I was an eyesore. Like people were so confused why I was there. Yeah, I can believe that. And I always ask everyone on my show, what would you go back and do differently if you were starting over TikTok today? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would maybe curate my content a little more, like have a more of a specific theme. Um, something about, like I said, my stream of consciousness style is like, sometimes I feel like, man, is this, like it used to just be like a random comedy account and then it was a linguistics account and now is it like a politics account? I don't know, but I really don't feel like it either. Like I've been talking a lot about Black Lives Matter because it's an important and relevant issue, not because I, you know, I, I like I said, told somebody the other day, I don't feel like this is political. Like, I completely agree with you. I'm glad you said that because I yeah, hate, I really hate that politics is getting so pulled into it um, just in how the media is politicizing everything. Uh, it's like the core it's it's a human rights issue exactly and that's my whole thing like and that because I used again the part of my my conservative past I used to sort of buy a lot of that propaganda 
from the right about like, oh, well, Black Lives Matter, well, they're just, you know, the terror, not terrorists or like, they're, they're, you know, they just want this or they want that or they're terror. Or it's violent. I feel like it's yeah, constantly violent. painted as violence. Exactly. And actually, when I actually started to learn about it and speak to members of Black Lives Matter and understand what it was about, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is about police brutality, which should be a concern for all of us. Like, this shouldn't just be a whole. And the reason they say Black Lives Matter, you know, not, rather than being one of those all lives matter people like I used to, I'm like, oh, wait. Like, there is a real issue here that's specifically affecting the Black community in, in a disproportionate way. And so it makes sense that this is what's happening. And no, it's like saying all lives matter isn't a legitimate statement. It's just a rebuttal and trying to protest the protest, which is silly. And at the end of the day, it's like, I'm Black, my family's Black, and I do worry sometimes that my brother, that my brother who's in his 20s and he's a young Black man, yeah, was going to have an altercation with the cops. And so... My fear for myself or my fear for him is not rooted in politics. I don't care if it's a conservative or a liberal or whatever. Like, this is just a human rights issue. People should be treated better. Minorities should be treated better. And that should be something we all agree on. That should not be a, you shouldn't have to worry about left or right to think that all people should be treated well. Yeah. And I guess I just have an issue with the, all the people who are scared to speak out about it. Um, I, I posted something on Facebook about this because I feel like a lot of my white friends especially are like, oh, well, I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to upset anyone. And I'm like, well, the people you're upsetting, are their, their thoughts are rooted in racism and like exactly. that's why they're obsessed. So like you're worried about protecting the feelings of someone that is acting in a racist way. And I, I think maybe it was you. I saw one video of someone saying like, you know, we have to be careful not to just go throw around the term racism. Um, yeah, because you know, a lot of it's not, it's something that we're taught. It's not something that someone's intentionally doing at this point. Yeah, exactly. And that, and I, I do remember making that one and that there's a reason I did that because I see a lot of people who will automatically say, I mean, I've even seen white people, allies who will be like, you're racist, but I'm racist too. And they mean well, and I get what they're trying to say, but I think that in some ways it can be do more harm than good because a lot of people, if they hear you're racist, they just shut down. Like they don't want to hear anything else you have to say after that. Right. Because that's like the worst thing. You know, no one wants to be called a racist. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I've loved hearing from you. I always do a speed round at the end of every podcast. All right, go ahead. Okay. What is your favorite trend on TikTok right now? Oh, like the uh, Weenie Hut Juniors one, the one that uses SpongeBob sound. That yes. Oh my gosh. I love that one. Um, okay. Who's your favorite creator to follow on TikTok? One of my favorites is probably uh, Ben Brainerd. He does the whole, like, it for he, I followed him for the sketches he does with the, from the different states where they're, like, debating about what they're doing with the coronavirus thing. Oh, I haven't seen him. I have to, I'll have to go look him up. Oh, yeah, he's pretty good. And also the consciously, he's another, he's a very, like, pro-black, he is a black creator, and he's very pro-black and talks a lot about systematic racism and um, issues, and he's very well educated. Like, he is very down for the culture, but he is very well formally educated about these things. He presents them in a way that again I've never really thought of and I don't necessarily agree with everything but it definitely makes me think what was his handle the consciously so uh conscious but the lee is l-e-e because his name is you like a lot of tiktok my favorite tiktok is you ask me to name their names I'm like (laughs) I feel like that too though because then you see them on your for you page and you're like oh I know who that is yeah Now I've, like, been screenshotting people, so I, like, remember who they are, especially when I'm, like, looking for people I want to have on the podcast. I'm, like, I need to remember this person's name. Okay, what's your favorite TV show? Community. Oh, my gosh. Same, though. (laughs) Do you have a favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? Um, The History of English is a good one. It is um, 
the one the one of my main sources for linguistic information he talks about the history of english um which is obviously something i'm interested in and um i also like crime junkie and song versus song I can't say I would ever sit down and listen to a podcast about English, but I'm so glad you're doing it and then putting out videos for me to watch. (laughs) Like, I find it super interesting. I think a lot of people would find it intensely boring, but I really find it interesting. (laughs) Hey, there's a market for everything. Exactly. Okay, and then last question. Who is your biggest influence on social media? It can be on or off TikTok. I really enjoy, like, commentary videos. So I would say that, like... Danny Gonzalez and Drew Gooden are two of my like favorites in terms of like YouTube people that I would watch a lot um, that have sort of inspired a lot of my style of content or the way that I look at making content for YouTube. Um, another one is John Tron. Uh, he, I, he's been a favorite of mine for many years and he's kind of controversial, I guess, although the, the controversy that happened with him happened a couple of years ago and I think most people have forgotten about it or moved on but um but he makes some of the funniest and hardest work clearly works very hard on his content and um i really really enjoy it so yeah i guess some of my biggest influences have basically been commentary channels i always tell my husband i'm like you could do stuff like danny gonzalez does like i'm like he's an icon (laughs) oh man well this has been super fun Yeah, it has. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day for the interview. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear from you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It it was a real pleasure. Um, You guys can reach out to Ren in the comments. I'm going to, not the comments. God, we're not on YouTube. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Podcast life. Um, You guys can reach out to Ren on her socials. I will put them below. So make sure you guys check them out. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of TikTok Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review in the iTunes store and let us know what you liked about the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Catch you next week. Peace out, Girl Scout.